0: Good day, and welcome back to another episode of Brewed Awakenings, where we talk about the important things in our nutritional world and the world around us while sipping on something brewed. Now, I was inspired this weekend. Uh, I was up in New Hampshire, Wolfboro, New Hampshire, and at the end of the rail trail is this little restaurant, uh, Seven Sons. They have crepes and coffee. And they have this cold brew that is just to die for. And you know, it has probably been a year and a half, maybe almost two years since I really made a a good solid batch of cold brew for myself. And theirs was so good, I thought to myself, I've got to go home and make some. So, got home yesterday, and it was one of the first things that I did. I don't even think I was done unpacking yet, and I had the cold brew in (laughs) and, and started and uh, I got to unpack it today, and oh, it's fantastic. If you don't already know how to make cold brew coffee, I mean, it really is all about the filtering. It's super easy to make, and it is delicious. So if you wanna give it a shot, um, I mean, hey, let me know, and I'll help you figure out how to make it. Uh, Or we can look up some videos on YouTube But I was was inspired in other ways this weekend, too. You know, I had a big training weekend. And uh, while we were training, I had a lot of voices in my ears, books, podcasts, things of that nature. And um, I was hanging out with my uncle a lot. And, you know, this is something him and I have never discussed. He can listen to this podcast, and this will probably be the first and only time he'll ever hear it. (laughs) But uh, he's an incredibly inspirational man in my life. Um, I remember hanging out a lot with him and my grandfather, his father uh, as children and always I mean he not only is he one of the highest energy people that you'll that you'll meet but he, he's modest he's humble and he lives he lives a life of purpose it's incredibly interesting and I think, I personally, um, I learn incredibly uh, things about the world. Um, I learn incredibly through stories. And so I think I've failed to convey that very much inside of the podcasts. But this weekend kind of reminded me a lot about an old Aesop's fable called The Ants and the Grasshopper. And so I'm going to start by reading this. One bright day in late autumn a family of ants were bustling about in the warm sunshine, drying out the grain they had stored up during the summer. When a starving grasshopper, his fiddle under his arm, came up and humbly begged for a bite to eat. What? Cried the ants in surprise. Haven't you stored anything away for the winter? What in the world were you doing all last summer? Well, I didn't have time to store up any food, whined the grasshopper. I was so busy making music that before I knew it, the summer was gone. The ants shrugged their shoulders in disgust. Making music, were you? They cried, very well, now dance. And they turned their backs on the grasshopper and went on with their work. Now I think we can all agree that maybe turning their backs on the grasshopper isn't the best nor nicest or kindest thing to do, but there's a lesson here in, these, uh, in this story. And I think the most common lesson is there's a time for work and a time for play, um, but also it's it's about preparation. And you know, I'm going to go in a few different directions with this. The first being the scientific one. When you listen to a lot of the nutrition scientists, the clinicians, the clinical researchers, um, a lot of them that are focused on health and longevity and things of that nature. They focus on micro trauma. It's kind of a new, uh, new age focus, so to, so to speak. It's very similar to what we see in the NFL, and I, I like to draw connections between things that make it more easily understandable. In the NFL, it's not necessarily the concussions themselves that cause the problem. It's the micro concussions, the subconcussive blows that are repetitive. And similarly, what we're seeing and what we're discovering in the research is that it's not necessarily this moment in time where you didn't eat for a while that was a problem. It's the inadequate levels that persist and are consistent over time that create the issue. So... When we're, when we're talking about inadequate levels, we're talking about vitamins and minerals and things of that nature and how more than half of the population are deficient in many of these things um, in a way that's consistent with quality of life or quality of health. And so in that way, it's not necessarily all about the aesthetic or just losing these 10 pounds. Sometimes we wonder, why can somebody else lose these 10 pounds, but I struggle so much. And in many ways, there's an inadequacy there that may have persisted for a really long time. And now we're discovering that that inadequacy exists. But why? Why does that inadequacy exist? Often, it's because we're like the grasshopper in the fable. And because we weren't paying attention to the basics. We weren't doing the little things that would maintain those vitamin and mineral levels and so this brings me back to one of the reasons that creating a solid foundation every day is so important and one of the most misunderstood things about meat because we talk about the meat industry and meat quality and this and that but one of the most misunderstood things about meat is that it has an incredibly high density of vitamin and mineral higher than any plant You could possibly eat. But that doesn't make it uh, perfect because it doesn't contain phytonutrients and antioxidants. And so that's what the plants are for. We get more vitamins, more minerals, we get antioxidants and phytonutrients that we can't get anywhere else. And so meats and plants, they create this base level foundation For adequate levels of vitamins and minerals That carry you through with good quality of life forever I'm sure many don't remember Or, (laughs) I'm sorry I don't know that I've ever shared That uh, my background is in preventive medicine And when we're talking about preventive medicine We're talking about uh, Basically Um We're talking about the prevention of illness rather than the curing of it, and so my job, and and this is really what I've carried over into the nutrition world and the fitness world, and and this is what I've, um, where I've discovered we can make the most impact in our own personal lives. My job before was to mitigate the impact of. Uh, chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear, and environmental hazards, so to speak. And so now uh, I've transitioned and essentially am looking at uh, what's going on in the world around us and how we can prevent chronic illness in our own body by maintaining adequate levels of nutrition. And one of those things, you know, we want to lose weight, we want to lose those 10 pounds, I mentioned that before, is that you have to be set up. You have to have adequate nutritional stores in order for your body to operate properly so that it will drop that 10 pounds willingly. Because your, body, your body's incredibly smart, and your body doesn't care how it looks. You do. And so when you want to lose those 10 pounds or lean out, and you start to... Quite often, your body will actually modulate the vitamins and minerals and how they get used as cofactors at the cellular level. And essentially what that means is it will slow you down on purpose in order to save your life. Because your life is more important than your health. And this is an interesting thing about your body because your body will sacrifice its health in order to save its life. And so sometimes it will get in our way when we want to drop that 10 pounds. And it's like this fable, the ants and the grasshoppers. If you were eating really well for a while, then that 10 pounds might not be so challenging because we have a solid foundation of storage storage to work off of. Now, the reason I kind of brought my uncle into all of this um, is as I listen to and observe uh, successful individuals in any field, it's all about systems and automation and figuring out that there are some things for utility and some things for enjoyment. And so I want to bring it back to like brushing your teeth, right? Right this morning I got a text from Jen she said I made, I made Nico cry or Nico cried because I asked him to go brush his teeth and put his electronics down and I asked him later why he cried and he said because he didn't want to brush his teeth now as an adult that's just something that we do but I want you to think about things that we have to do in order to make stuff happen and how painful they can be and remember that moment when you were a kid and you didn't want to brush your teeth because that moment was painful. And now in this moment, these other things that you're trying to do are also painful. So how do we bridge that gap? How do we get to that place where brushing your teeth is just something you do when you wake up and before you go to bed? And it's, it's not enjoyable. It's just something you do for utility because it's good for your teeth and you don't want them to fall out. How do we bridge that gap with our food? How do we get that to that point where eating lunch with, you know, six ounces of meat and a couple handfuls of uh, greens or salad or vegetables or whatever it may be, And uh, a small potato or an apple or something of that nature is just something that we do. You know, maybe you pick the toothpaste that you like the taste of and that makes it a little bit more enjoyable. We can take that concept over to the food too. Make sure that you're choosing flavors that you enjoy. That way it makes it more enjoyable and it's something that you can continue doing consistently. But the idea and the concept of having that consistent habit automated that you don't even have to think of it allows you to maintain adequate levels of nutrition that support your quality of your of life and health while you are moving toward whatever goal you you want to move toward and so you get to enjoy life like the grasshopper did while not being so busy that you can't prepare for the next stage. So automating those things, getting to a point where you have you know different flavor profiles that you enjoy, and it's just prepped. Like every Sunday, there's an hour where I prep the meat for the week. Boom, done. And then I just have meat for every day for the week. I just grab it. And if there happens to be a day where I want to change it up, I can make that choice. You can make that choice. And you can change it up. And swap out eight ounces of salmon or six ounces of salmon for, I don't know, six ounces of steak. Or swap out six ounces of chicken breast for, um, you know, six ounces of a pulled pork or something of that nature. And I come back to this, you know, I was talking about my uncle and how he's so inspirational in all of this. And it was amazing to me conversation I have held on to for probably 20 years. I was very, very young back then. But I had gone to visit and I brought a friend. This was the first time I went up to my uncle's cottage on Lake Winnipesaukee um, by myself or should I say without my parents. And I was there with... A, with I brought a, um, a hockey friend of mine and we were hanging out with my uncle, and I was asking him how this how this all happened. It was the first time we had really had this conversation, and, and you know he was telling me about ski patrol and, and going through cancer and um, water skiing and doing doing all of this crazy stuff. And he fly he was starting to fly planes. Um, he had just entered into an agreement with three or four other people where they were basically sharing a plane. Um, and since then, he's had two or three other planes, and just now he just got into gliding. And he's—I swear—he's probably one of the busiest men I've I've ever met when it comes to like chasing hobbies. But I'm there with my friend, and we're headed out on the boat. And you know, my uncle he gave basically gave us free reign, and he said, "I'm going into my office." I'll be out at 12 for lunch and then I'll be back in the office at 1245 and I'll come back out at five o'clock. If you guys would like to do anything after five o'clock, we can. And it was so regimented. He was so disciplined about it. It was just, this is how it is. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I live my day. And then if we're going to do something, we're going to do it later and also on friday i'm going to be flying in the evening on saturday i'm taking in a local orchestra and going to the theater and possibly on sunday it's not solidified yet but these two things might be happening i'm not sure where we're going if you'd like to come with me you may (laughs) and i'm like how in the world does he do all this and it's You know, there's a level of decision fatigue. And I hear a lot of people, they talk about, oh, I need to be more creative. I need to do this. I need to do that. And the reality is you don't need to be more creative. You need to pick some things that you like and you need to automate and just make the things work for you. So I watch him. He gets up for breakfast, eats the same thing every day, comes out for lunch, eats pretty much the same thing every day. And then for dinner... Uh, if he's going out He would order uh, Something very similar Unless he's going to like a craft place Or something like that He would focus on uh, something new Or something enjoyable on the menu And there were just so many Amazing things I mean It it comes down to Like he has a system So he, he has a boat obviously uh, On the lake And he has a system for the way that he folds the tarp that that covers it and protects it from from rain um, or the rain cover, whatever it's called. And he has a system for folding it. And you know, I would say, do you want me to do you want me to take care of the boat, or would you like to do it? He has specific knots that he wants to use to tie the lines, a specific way to put the buoys on the boat, everything, right down to the detail. He has systems for it all for himself. And what that does is it takes away his need to decide anything in the moment. He just does the same thing over and over again for those things. So they become utilitarian. That way, you know, The bumpers are taken care of, the lines, the knots, he knows they're gonna hold, the rain cover, it's gonna fit in the thing every single time, and he gets to enjoy being out on the boat rather than fighting with the rain cover. So these principles, these ideas, they, they carry over into nutrition because if you're automating those things and removing those choices, You reduce the amount of decision fatigue that exists, and then you have more room in your life for more enjoyment. And that's really what he's done, is he's automated all these things to create room for enjoyment, and then he goes and uses it aggressively, (laughs) and it's awesome. Um, But he's also just incredibly curious and, and always looking for new things, And so automating the other stuff becomes incredibly important to be able to get out there and create those opportunities in that time. And so what he's done is he's, you know, the ants and the grasshopper. So the ants, they worked all summer to prepare for the winter, and they never had any fun. The grasshopper, he had fun all summer. He was super busy, and then he just wasn't prepared. So the lesson here. And where my uncle bridges that gap is somewhere in the middle where you automate those things that the ants do. That way you can be prepared at any given moment, but that you get to live a much higher quality of life and enjoy the things that the grasshopper enjoyed and not running into that moment where you're like, oh no, I'm not ready. You can prevent that from happening. And so I want to go back a little bit because if we do prevent that from happening, you know, we can enjoy a much higher quality of life, much deeper into life. And the reality is our generation, you know, this 30 to uh, 50 year old generation, we are going to live a very long time unless, you know, we get hit by a bus or something. Our averages are going to be extremely high. And, and if we want to enjoy that life in the future, and even just two, three, four years from now, and prevent ourselves from having those chronic illnesses, there are basic things that we have to do. And it's eat a solid foundation of whole foods that provides us with an adequate level of vitamins and minerals. Exercise in a way that keeps our heart healthy and lean muscle strong and Automate the things that do that for us and focus on putting our enjoyment where we want it to be and So if your enjoyment happens to lie around exercise, you get to do a little bit more if your enjoyment happens to be flying in a plane Automate the other stuff And then you can focus on learning how to fly Whatever it might be Automating those tasks that the ants do So that you can spend more time Living where the grasshopper lives And fo- and getting to enjoy and be happy That's going to get us the best quality of life And so to finish this story My uncle, he said to me and this was back, I was 17, 18 years old, so 20 years ago. He said, when I first came up here, I loved everything about it, and I saw how much people worked to spend two weeks here. Some of them, the lucky ones, they get to come here and spend a month here, and others, they might come and just spend weekends. He says, and they work all year to make that happen. My goal, my singular goal, Was to live in a place Where other people Strive to be for two weeks So that I could enjoy this all year And he took that one goal And he created an entire life around it And not only does he love His life But he created the discipline To keep it And he's been there since the mid 80s starting off with a three season cottage that he would spend every waking moment in that he could and then finally 10 or 12 years ago transitioning from that place into a four season place and he wasn't someone he comes you know we are second generation from farming family um and literally second generation Immigrants uh, off the boat. And his level of opportunity was tiny. But he took every last thing he could possibly um, work for and he did it. And, you know, he, he put the work in, but it was very focused. And as he achieved, he automated everything on the backside. And just, this is how it's going to be done. That's how that's going to be done. That's how that's going to be done. That's how I'm going to be able to keep these things. This is going to last longer if I do this, so I'll do that. That way I don't have to pay more for it later. He seeks out value in everything. And then he goes and he lives with the the things that he enjoys. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, to kind of pull this all together... Um, These little stories, I think there's a lot to be learned from them and a lot of inspiration to be taken from them um, in that you know, we might think we live incredibly busy lives, but if we continue to allow that busyness to get in our way, there's going to come a moment, and that moment might be cancer. That moment might be chronic illness of some kind where we may not realize how the past has crept upon us And in what way it will rear its ugly head Because we are not prepared for it Or it could just be I'm trying to lose 10 And it just My body refuses to allow it to happen You never know how it's going to rear its ugly head And then uh, When it does We have to sort of go back To the basics And start there and, And build up and build that store we have to go back to being the ants for a while and building that discipline building those stores up and then we can be the grasshopper and then we figure out how to live in both of those places so that we can both enjoy life and create this awesome gray (laughs) foundation that might be a little boring but is necessary you know i should also mention in this that Uh, Just about everyone in my family um, has been on the verge of or is diagnosed as uh, type 2 diabetic. Um, In my early 20s, I also had blood sugar issues and uh, addressed them. My uncle started to have blood sugar issues and all he did, he changed a few things in his diet he added a few really aggressive power walks around his neighborhood, which, mind you, his neighborhood—it's a four-mile uh, power walk with 400 or 450 feet of climbing, so it's—it's it's no joke. Um, he added those two things in, and boom—a1C levels down, problem solved. And so, very utilitarian attitude in that you can automate those things and when they happen they're not a crisis but they do require addressing and if we address them way up front we can prevent them and enjoy a really high quality of life for a really long time and one of the beautiful things about doing that is when you're super healthy and you've got a good level of fitness we also happen to look good naked (laughs) And it feels good (laughs) So With that said I hope you guys have a wonderful night Wonderful day And thank you for listening